Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Suzanne Harris, and my listeners get the story behind every book. Joining me today is Hazel Thompson, and I have to tell you that she's here to talk about her delightful children's book, The Bears of the Evergreen Forest, Basil and Brenda Go for a Stroll. Hazel, I have a soft spot for children's authors. I've already told you that. I'm so pleased you're here today. Thank you so much for joining me on Books on Air. Thanks, Susan. You know, writers become writers for a lot of different reasons. Sometimes they decide they want to write as a child. They're a reader, and there's something about that whole process that sort of pulls them in. Sometimes there's an assignment from a teacher or a professor and the child starts to write and and that that teacher or professor recognizes some sort of a a glimmer in what the child has written or the person has written and they'll encourage that person sometimes there's a family member who is already a writer and maybe they're published maybe they're not but that's an influence on a child or a, a, a young adult as a writer i'm curious about you when did you start writing and why? Well, um, at school, um, English class, you get these essays. They're really boring. I think I had, we had about three essays on on Shakespeare that we had to write. So I decided, well, I only wanted to do one of them and I'd write a story for the other two. And well, I didn't get full marks because I hadn't written the essay, but I did get some marks because what I'd written was acceptable. Why children's literature? Now, that to me is one of the hardest things to do. I've always thought because not only do you have to have a clever idea that gets the imagination going of a child and pulls that child into the story. But you also have to think about lessons that you might want the child to take away from that story. Why children's literature? I don't know, really. Um, I was, it was just an idea that came to me, I think. Um, I was on holiday with some friends, um, I was going, they lived in Canada. I went to see them. Um, I spent three weeks in Canada and we were just sort of out walking one day through this wooded area and and this idea came to me. So when I got back, I picked up some paper and I, I wrote. And, well, the rest is this book, really. <laughs> What's your writing process like? Do you sit down and do you do you create an outline or are you a, a seat-of-the-pants writer? We call that a pantser here in, in the United States. Yes. You sit down and you start sitting at your computer and the, the movie, the, the book, just starts to play in your head almost like a movie and you're transcribing yeah. what, you, what you see. How do you start your books? Yeah, for the most part, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's in my head and it just flows. But I have learned in in recent years, um, I've taken some courses, and so I've learned about character development. And so when I have like a slow period, if you like, um, where it's not necessarily flowing, I think, well, what else can I do? Um, And just 
thinking about the character or writing a bit about background or a scene sort of helps the flow to start again. Makes sense. That it, I don't always write in order either. Oh. So I might have an idea about one thing and then I have an idea about something else. And then I think, well, what comes in the middle? And that's the bit I have to work on. You know, I get a flow and then a stop and then a flow and I have to fill in the stop area, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. It's that creative brain at work. I mean, I understand completely. And sometimes I, I think that when people listen to me talk to creative people, they go, gosh, what do you mean you you start and stop? That's the way the creative process works. Uh, I've interviewed some authors who say that they'll have their character that's they, they put them in a pickle the day before and they can't figure out how to write out of that pickle for the character. And yeah. so I know one author that writes a note to herself. She writes it to her brain. She'll say, <laughs> dear brain, I've got so-and-so in a pickle. I don't know how to get her out. Please think about it tonight. And okay. she said to me, I said, well, do you just wake up the next morning and you've got the idea? She said, that's not how it works. I said, well, how does it work? And she said, well, I go about my regular day. She said, I start my day just like I always do, and I do everything. I just begin to work. And, and she said, all of a sudden, it's almost like the old eight ball. You ask it a question, and you turn it over, and there's the answer. She said, it's like my brain is the eight ball. She said, all of a sudden, the answer just slowly sort of creeps into my brain, and I'll sit down, and I'll write it. It's yeah. that it's that creative brain in action. So I understand yeah. that completely. What you just told me is that you're a very creative <laughs> person. Let's give our listeners a little overview of the book. Tell me about what it's about. Well, it's just a little story about um, two bears, their brother and sister, um, and they're just going about. Um, they have a great idea just to go go for a walk. So they're just strolling through the forest and they're they're meeting some friends and and just having a laugh, really. Um, and then at the end they have a little picnic and they sit down and um, have a picnic together with their friends. So it's just a little light-hearted story about you know friendship and you know brothers and sisters. What's your age group? Who are you thinking about when you were writing this book as far as your readers? Um, those who are starting to read, like just starting to read, um, and and small children who are being read to at night. So, I don't know, one to four, that sort of age group. I like that. I think that it's so important for parents, grandparents, siblings, someone to sit and read with a child because I think that creates, first of all, fabulous memories because you're sitting there and, you know, you're going through the story and I don't know a person who can resist doing voices whenever they're reading children's <laughs> literature because yeah. it, it's just fun. Guilty. Do you do that too? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember um, some friends of ours came to stay, um, and uh, I remember they didn't want to go to sleep, and they wanted me to read a story to them. 
And I remember doing some voices and then their father coming up the stairs saying, what's going on up here? I thought you were going to sleep. And the kids are rolling around on the floor in laughter, fits of hysterical laughter um, and not calming down and going to sleep, which was the plan. That's what they were supposed to be doing. But, yeah. But it's just so much fun. And I'll bet that you created a really special memory for those kids. Because yeah. and when they talk about you, they say, remember when Hazel did those voices when she was reading us the story? Yeah. The, to me, those are just precious, precious moments, whether it's with a brother or a sister or a, a sibling of some kind mm-hmm. or I mean, even reading the story yourself, if if a kid would decide to read the story aloud rather than reading it silently. I think they would also be drawn right in and be, and start to do voices themselves because who can resist? It's just so much fun. Yeah. yeah. Where do you get your inspiration from? You said that this one came from a trip to Canada. Yes. Yeah, this, this did. And, and it was literally um, just a completely random thing um but since then I've, I've written sort of like a couple of little add-ons so a couple of little stories that follow on from that and it was just I remember one of them um um I had a or I went to visit a grandparent and they weren't in a very good mood so I've written one about a bumpy grandparent um <laughs> But not in relation to them, just just I thought, oh, well, what if they had a grandparent visit and that grandparent wasn't very, you know, was was grisly. And it's about a grisly grandparent. So, uh, but but there were other things as well. And, and um, I, I think I probably asked a couple of people, well, what else could they do? And they'd come up with a suggestion. So I've written about it. Um. One of them's uh, um, something to do with uh, the weather. So it was really snowy one day. So I wrote about um, I wrote about the weather. So, so that, I, I sort of get ideas from things that happen each day in real life. And then I might write a few li- yeah, I might write a few lines. And then if I sit down to do some writing, I look back at what I've written and write about and uh, expand on it. Do you write every day? I haven't done for a while. I did for a period of time. I did write every day and make sure that I did. But um, I haven't done for a while. I've been a little busy at home. Would you have any advice for someone who may be listening to us? You know, so many people have said to other people, I I, I can write a book or I could write a novel. Mm. Do you have any advice for that person who might have said that? Just that exactly what we just said, just to write every day, just to write anything every day. Um, and and don't worry if it's not coming because it will come. You know, if it was meant to be, you'll, you'll write it. I don't agree. be afraid to ask for other people's input. I agree with that. And I think what people don't do is they believe that they have an idea that's worthy of being told, a story that's worthy of being Mm. told. 
but for some reason they won't start to write. And so I would think that I would want to say to a person who thinks they may have an idea or who thinks they may have a story that needs to be told, just sit down and start writing. The first yeah. draft is never the last draft. You've got to no. start somewhere and just start yeah. writing. And I love what you said, that you get your inspiration from things that happen around you that are real life, and you'll sit down and you'll dash down that experience. And then something else will happen perhaps in the next day or two, and you'll dash down that experience. And all of mm. a sudden, they begin to sort of knit themselves together to form a story. Yeah. Now, why bears? Um, just because I was in a forest, and it seems, you know. And it just seemed like it was forest. bears. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that was it, really. Uh, I love it. Well, this is such a charming book. I mean, I can see parents, grandparents, anyone sitting down and reading this book and enjoying this book because the illustrations are really, really terrific. Tell me a yeah. little bit about the illustrations. Uh, they were done by somebody who um, worked for the, the publishing house. Um, I had to, I had to write, I had to say what I wanted. So like when I was writing, I had a really good picture in my head of what I wanted. Um, and it was really clear. So, um, and, and it's really difficult to explain to somebody else what you want, what's in your head. You know, they can't see the picture that's in your head. So you have to really be careful about how, you know, what you write or what color are these bears and how tall are they and what are they wearing and, you know, what are their expressions like and what are they doing and what's the color of the background and all of this sort of thing. So you have to be really um, expressive about everything. And when the the pictures came out, when when they were all made and sent to me in a draft form, the majority of them, it was like, wow, that's what's in my head. So, wow. yeah. And, and then you, you make, you know, small adjustments like, oh, can you just make the, the bow this color or can you just make the background this color or can you just, you know, change the shape of the window or whatever. You know, it's very interesting that you're talking about this because I can see you, you've got an artist's concept of what they think it should, the bears should look like, and the scenery yeah. and the houses, etc. And then you have a very clear picture of who your characters are and how you want them to look. And it's getting yeah. those two creative minds to literally come together with the same vision. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things that um, I remember um, got them stuck was they were trying to make the pictures. The, the the items really clean and I'm thinking but these are like trees so the house is made out of a tree and the things inside the house are made out of a tree so they're made out of wood so you want to see wood you just don't want to see sharp clean corners you want to see it look like wood and it makes you think that it's wood and not just I don't know something else so Yes, and that that was that was quite clear to me from the start that I had to make sure that the pictures looked like 
it was just a tree house. I think the I think the illustrations are charming. I really think they yeah. do so well with the story. Now I'm sure we've talked about this enough that our listeners are saying to themselves, "Okay, where can I find this book?" You can go to Amazon and let me give you specific titles and do some spelling so that you're find, you'll find it easily. It comes up very very quickly. If you've never been to Amazon to purchase a book, all you have to do is in in your browser just type the word www.amazon and your computer will almost magically take you there. It's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Here's what you put in the search feature. You'll see when you come to the page, look for a big long sort of a light gray empty box and type in the words the bears of the evergreen, one word, E-V-E-R-G-R-E-E-N, forest, colon, Basil, B-A-S-I-L, and Brenda, B-R-E-N-D-A, go for a stroll by Hazel, H-A-Z-E-L, Thompson, T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N. If you just get The Bears of the Evergreen Forest by Hazel Thompson and click on it, the book will come right up. And you'll see this adorable cover. And you can purchase it. It's in Kindle format. It's in paperback format. You can buy it on the same page. Now, Hazel, you and I talked before we started doing the interview. And I know that sometimes some of our listeners, since Amazon is the biggest bookseller in the world right now, I know that some people don't like to buy from major corporations. Where else could they find a copy of The Bears of the Evergreen Forest? Well, it's on the um, the Author House website, but it's also on my my website as well, which is hazelthompsonauthor.co.uk. So it's available on there. Now, if they when they go to the website, and I went there this morning, so it works beautifully. When they go to the website, they'll find information about the book, but you also have some other things there. There's a blog there. Tell me what else they'll find yeah. on the website. Yeah. the um, So one of the things I wanted to do in the book was have some activities. Um, and one of the things that they the children who read the book or look at the book can do is is actually colour in a picture, um, the same picture that's on the front of the of the book. Um, so what I've done is I've actually uploaded that picture as a PDF document onto the page, and you can just download it. So, you know, if they don't want to colour in the picture that's in the book, they can just download another copy and just colour to their heart's content, really. Um, um, and... They can, you know, get in touch with me if they've got any questions and and things that I do in the future I'll put on there as well. So I don't know if 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 I go out and do anything with the book, it'll be it'll be on the website. I love the idea of creating a PDF and letting the kids color a part of the book. What a fabulous idea! You're a genius. I love that idea. <laughs> <laughs> now. You're also on Facebook. How could I find yes. you on Facebook? Um, Hazel at Hazel Thompson Author. It's that simple. It's that simple. All right, H A Z E L. Make sure they get that H A Z E L T H O M P S O N. Now, I always like 
for the author to have the last word about their work, because I think that's important. Whenever our listeners become, if they're parents, when they become readers, if they're a child and they become a reader, if they're a grandparent or a sibling, and they sit down with this delightful book, and they begin to read it, and I hope they make an event of this every night, the bedtime story kind of situation. (laughs) I love that idea. When they come to that very last page and they read the last page together and they close the back cover for the last time, what do you want them to take away from the book? Do you want them to feel like they just had a really enjoyable story about bears and friendship or is there more that you want them to take away? I think that's it really. It's just a really simple story. It's just, um, you know, just a little simple story about friendship and about how nothing's really overcomplicated, really. And I think, I think, I think that's it really. I can't, can't think it of anything else. (laughs) Doesn't have to be anything complicated. I think in this day and time, a simple message about friendship and enjoying one another's company and being able to picture this lovely forest that you have the bears and their friends in and what they're doing. I think that's a perfect thing because I think we all need to escape to that forest right now. The world is so complicated and there are so many things happening and especially for children. I think children need some time just to use their imagination and to be entertained and be able to laugh and do stories just the way you said, doing voices with those stories and reading them together. Mm. Love the book. And I want to thank you so much, Hazel, for being my guest today on Books on Air. This was thank fun. You. Now remember, Thank you very much. My pleasure. Remember, you can find The Bears of the Evergreen Forest, Basil and Brenda Go for a Stroll by Hazel, H-A-Z-E-L, Thompson, T-H-A-O-T-H-A, T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N on Amazon. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Suzanne Harris, and I so hope you'll join me for our next Books on Air podcast because, remember, you never know who's going to be here And you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so very much for listening.